What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's the weird outfit. My name is. Today's song won't be prunes again. Yeah! Oh my gosh. Hey everybody, you are listening to the Weird Alphabet Podcast, where we talk about every Weird Al song in alphabetical order, including those songs that you have never heard of. Like today, we are talking about an early unreleased song, won't eat prunes again, mm-hmm. which is, of course, a parody of Won't Get Fooled Again by The Who and was recorded in 1980. Mm-hmm. Very excited mm-hmm. to talk about this one. So I guess we'll start it off here. Andrew, what did you hear first? Won't Get Fooled Again or Won't Eat Prunes Again? Won't Get Fooled Again, for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Michael, what did you hear first? Won't Get Fooled Again or Won't Eat Prunes Again? Oh, I saw CSI Miami. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, what? Won't get fooled again, or won't eat prunes again. Oh yeah, I definitely played Rock Band. <laughs> yep, I was literally going to say the same thing. Of yes, I played Rock Band. This song was one of those that was like a Rock Band staple. That's fun for every instrument and is eight minutes long. Oh, yeah. This song made me go into like looking up all of the Who's music. This song and Pinball Wizard, and I think. The Who is what I say is my favorite classic rock band. I love The Who. Okay. So good. So yeah. good. I know in college, whenever we would play something like Won't Get Fooled, basically anything by The Who was just to show off because I was in the drum line and we'd party together and <laughs> sure enough, we'd bust out rock band and it was basically just our way of competing with each other on whether or not you could do the solo for won't get fooled again wait the guitar solo or the drum solos because drum solo yeah i imagine the drums would be Mm -hmm. really tough on that you can't convince me that the who isn't just a bunch of owls dressed up in trench coats (laughs) wait what It's so awesome that Weird Al did a parody of this song, and I am so excited to talk about like the musicality behind it, because it's really impressive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Before we get into that, I'm sure Dan's got some facts for us. I do. So this is all about Won't Get Fooled Again, which was written by The Who's lead singer, Pete Townsend. It was released June 25th of 1971, and this was the part of the album Who's Next? 
The song was originally written for what was supposed to be a science fiction rock opera called Lifehouse, conceived by Pete Townsend, and was supposed to be a follow-up to their album Tommy, which was formatted to be a rock opera telling the story of Tommy Walker, a deaf, dumb, and blind kid. That deaf, dumb, blind kid sure plays a mean as he navigates through his life and his relationship with his family. Yes. (laughs) According to Townsend, Lifehouse is the essence of the storyline was kind of a futuristic scene. It's a fantasy set at a time when rock and roll didn't exist. The world was completely (laughs) collapsing and the only experience that anyone ever had was through test tubes. In a way, they lived as if they were in television programs. Everything was programmed. The enemies were people who gave us entertainment inadvertently, and the heroes were savages who kept rock and roll as a primitive force and had gone to live with it in the woods. The story was about two sides coming together and having a brief battle. So the rock opera concept was abandoned. This whole rock album, then they just turned it into a traditional album, which they called, well, Who's Next? Townsend did not let the story go, though. And in 1999, it was created into a BBC radio drama. 29 years later, it still exists. Why it's still, you know, why I'm still driving it and why it's still driving me. And I think the reason is, is not that it's particularly evolving or not or, or not that it's unfinished but rather that it is alive as an issue what's that ah oh, it's called maneuvers are they going to war yes which war the last war of the century which oh. he collaborated with eel pie that's cool okay. yeah and it was uh written by jeff young oh, i want to look into this yeah and then according to NME or New Musical Express, there will be a graphic novel adaptation of Townsend Stories that's going to be released in July of 2020. Wait a minute. Yeah, that's supposed to be around right now. So this was reported last year that there's going to be this graphic novel coming out of Lifehouse. So keep an eye out for that. Wow, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's so strange to me, though, that this was like originally written for this sci-fi rock opera when the content of Won't Get Fooled Again feels mm-hmm. very much like it's talking about real world politics, mm-hmm. especially that counterculture era of the disenfranchisement of politicians and of systems and, you know, meet the new boss, same as the old boss type yeah. of thing. So that's wild to me that this song was yeah. for a sci-fi rock opera. <laughs> There's this loose storyline that's in here and it feels like now that you think about it it feels like a much bigger story and now it makes sense and this was supposed to be like the third act song this was supposed to be the closing song to like really wrap everything up and that all kind of makes sense now yeah when we re-listen to the song so now it kind of has like a whole new meaning it's kind of like when you listen to the beatles abbey road knowing that they were going to make the Lord of the Rings and then you start sensing the fact that some of those songs in Abbey Road was actually going to be in the movie it's also wild to me that this song feeling very uh, 
anti-establishment is mm-hmm. used for a cop show. Died hours before this accident ever happened. So our accident is not an accident at all. For the longest time, I never watched CSI, and so I knew the yeah meme, but I never connected it that the yeah was the same yeah from Won't Get Fooled Again. And when I finally <laughs> put it together that those two were the same thing, I was like, how does this, yeah. this song is, what? How is this a, in a show about cops? Because they won't get fooled again. That, that doesn't make any sense. They, David, David, they won't get fooled again. Hmm. I do have a bit about this being like a revolution song. So the story of Lifehouse was based on the followings of the Indian religious avatar, Mahir Baba, who claimed that spiritual enlightenment could be obtained through the combination of a band and their audience. And the story of Lifehouse is about the needs of artists and the needs of audience, the way that we all connect. And primarily it's about music. It's about the power of music and the mystery of music and why it's important that music uh, should be communicated at all, why it should be an important part of the arts at all. This song was supposed to be the final song of the opera, which I mentioned before, and the main character, Bobby, is killed in the universal chord quote-unquote, is sounded. Townsend describes that the song screams defiance at those who feel any cause is better than no cause. He has declined that this is a revolutionary song, even though in the lyrics it explicitly says, so what is it? But it it also seems to be so much about how like, revolution gets co-opted by those in power and it's like oh yes we made a revolution things are changed things are better now we painted the words black lives matter in the street in washington dc so everything is good and it's like no no nothing happened everything is still the same smile and grin at the change all around pick up my guitar and play just like yesterday (laughs) we're still voting for incompetent leaders to lead the future yeah andrew and we're not (laughs) (laughs) but we should probably talk about the actual weird al song which is equally as deep in its uh lyrics i i do want to go a little bit more because i still have a bit more on this song because the composition of the song not just like the origins of it but the composition of the song somehow equally crazy so at the time while he was writing the song he was also reading Inayat Khan's The Mysticism of Sound and Music, which mentioned the spiritual harmony and the universal chord. I don't exactly know what that is. I guess it's like the brown note that makes you feel happy. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, I don't think that's what it does, Dan, but the poem. I don't know, like it's a release somehow. Anyway, <laughs> but this would reassure harmony to humanity when sounded. At the time, synthesizers were a fairly new technology, and Townsend thought that he could use that instrument to best portray the sound that he wanted to communicate. He wanted to create a human type sound to introduce the song, so he interviewed multiple people and asked them a lot of like practitioner type questions and while he was doing so he actually captured the sounds of their heartbeat their brain waves and i don't know how he did this but they said that he captured the sound of their astrological chart 
that he then converted into a series of audio pulses. And from that, he actually made a demo. He linked a low-key electronic organ to the EMS VCS3 synthesizer, and then he later on used the ARP 2500 synthesizer to play back a bunch of those pulse-coded modulations. So like this was a weird experiment yeah. that he was working on to like really get an interesting sound. Yeah. And we definitely hear that in the songs. You like you hear the din 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 and like it doesn't sound like any normal instrument and I'm sure yeah. like for anyone who is recently li- listening to the song like this is just a rock band. And for this sound to come out like I'm sure just blew people's minds. Yeah, yeah. To hear that. Mm-hmm. What really blows my mind, though, is Al being able to replicate that on the accordion. That yeah. is so impressive. Yeah. This is insane. Like, he. How long was the song? It was like three some minutes. Yeah. It's like four yeah, minutes. Yeah. So. Yeah, so like he took on the style of the original one. And if you remember, Won't Get Fooled Again is a long song. Yeah. But for Al to take this on, I he took on the original single version of it. So like mm. the, the single version of Won't Get Fooled Again, that was three minutes and 35 seconds. The album version of this, which for the album version, that was actually the last song on the album. That lasted for eight minutes and 32 seconds. I think I've only heard the album version. Because that's the only one that's available on Rock Band. (laughs) (laughs) Why would you want to do anything other than the awesome eight minute epic? Yeah. (laughs) I saw like, you know, somebody post it on Reddit about this and somebody say like, "Ah, I miss the days of Al just replicating it on the accordion. And while I love that we get the fully produced stuff and i love al's band there's something really impressive and really cool about this early al stuff that is just like remaking the same melodies but with a totally different instrument and backing it up with bongos and a jaw harp that is so so impressive the music behind this alone makes this song worth listening to Mm -hmm. the fact that he can play this on accordion just blows my mind yeah like you you really see how talented he is with this instrument it's not that he can play the accordion and he's just the weird guy who plays accordion like he plays this well I mean, this ties into why he's even doing this in, to begin mm-hmm. with, and it's to be a rock star with an accordion. <laughs> All right. He succeeded. And he did. Mm-hmm. This version of the song, especially with, with uh, Joe Early on the jaw harp and Joel Miller on the bongos. like Joel Miller doing his best attempt at <laughs> the Keith Moon crazy yeah, drum yeah. solos with that bongo. Exactly. <laughs> Hey, 
Michael. How's it going? It's going well, Joe. How are you? Doing great. Hey there, Dan here, the editor Dan, not host Dan currently. But I wanted to include a little bit of the interview that Michael had done with Joe Early that he did back in September of 2018. It has some really nice insights into Won't Eat Prunes Again. And if you want to hear the full interview, you can go back to our earlier episodes. It is right after when we covered Orgy on My Own. So you can check out that full interview there if you want more insights into Al's early college careers. But for this, we're just going to include some clips discussing Won't Eat Prunes Again. Ooh, let's start with Won't Eat Prunes Again. Al and I spent a lot of time on the phone, too. And I remember just sitting there with my uh, jaw heart, uh, you know, while we were talking about whatever, uh, probably thinking of songs or, or thinking of whatever, just, you know, whatever we're talking. And then I... Was, then I, uh, I just started to make the sound with the with the jaw harp. That sound came up with uh, the sound of like "Won't Be Fools Again." It's like we got to do something with that. Like I don't know if you know, but but with a jaw harp, if you play it hard and fast, and and for like uh, "Won't Be Prunes Again," uh, you, you, it's that's a lot of jaw harp playing, and it's, and it's fast. Mm-hmm. A lot of it's fast. When I would do that, my lip would start bleeding. I'd end up slapping that little metal thing on my lip, and it would. By the end of the by the end of the song, my I would have a a, a bloody lip. So wow, you know we we did have to pay some price for our, for, for art. I wasn't smart enough to think about it in advance, or even or even smart enough to remember to the next time we did it that oh you know what I'm gonna have a bloody it's gonna be blood splattered all over the place. But it was too fun. It was that's such a fun song to to play on. So it's, it's totally worth it. I feel like both of the songs have a similar message too. Weirdly enough, no, I don't know. What no, you're no I, I see what you're going with here. Like he got fooled by prunes. He may be having some bowel issues from all the Twinkie Wiener sandwiches that he's eating, and he's like, you know what I could do? I could just like eat some prunes. It'll like clear me out. I'll be fine. It turns out like prunes are just gonna be like a freight train running through him, and he's like, oh no, I have made a terrible terrible mistake (laughs) it's trusting the waitress here in this situation where you're like Mm -hmm. someone that you're supposed to be able to trust someone that you expect to know what is good and if they're just giving you the the next new thing the big sensation trust us Mm -hmm. and then it turns out to be a complete show literally try the gray stuff it's delicious (laughs) exactly The part of the song that really like connects it again is try the new sauce same as the old sauce it just has a different name on it they're going to keep giving it to you, and you're going to keep <laughs> taking it, and you're going to keep having the same reaction every time. Eat the new sauce. Same as the old sauce. A lot of these early Al songs are just trying to be as silly and ridiculous as possible. Like, we're just going to go with the silliest thing as opposed to, you know, the more specificity of subject matter that you might get. Not specificity, but like the types of subject matter is different in later Owl songs. And I think it's partly because the music that he's parodying at this time were 
rock songs that were trying to be about something and trying to mean something. And so the best way to parody the subject matter is to be about something totally inane. Take another one bites the dust and turn it into another one rides the bus. To turn something as big as Won't Get Fooled Again into something as silly as Won't Eat Prunes Again. It really makes me wonder why this song was not one of the songs that was like on one of Al's early albums. Like what made Bologna something that was worthy and not won't eat prunes again. I'm wondering if it's the timing of when it came out because this is an older song. So if this was... This would be around the same time that he was making Bologna, right? Well, I mean, Won't Get Fooled Again was around nine years old. So it was a well-known song, but it wasn't like a hot song at that time. But I don't understand why he wouldn't pursue something like this because this was a really good song. It was like for him, for Al, like this was a good song for him to put together. And it doesn't seem like he had anything against the Who or the Who having something against him because he used My Generation in Polkas on 45. So why would he not pursue this song? I do think you're right, though, that it probably has to do with what song was the most popular at the time. Because, like, My Sharona came out the same year that he made initially My Bologna. Yeah. And so I do think you're you're on to something there. Maybe he just didn't want to make a song about pooping himself. <laughs> I mean, that, that definitely That's makes fair. sense. Yeah. Okay. My Bologna was something that pretty much Al did by himself. A lot of these songs that came out around this time, Still Billy Joel to Me, I Wanna Beat a Bull, and the mm-hmm. you know, the weird medleys that he would do, the food medleys, it's like those were all kind of written in a group sense, more okay. so than yeah. just Al. And I think that maybe that might have had something to do with mm. it. Not saying that Joe Early or Joel Miller had anything that could have been something that played a factor. Yeah, that makes sense. There's actually two recordings out there if you haven't listened to it yet. And I'd recommend the one that says the Cal Poly version, because that includes Joel Miller and Joe Early Mm -hmm. providing bongos and jaw harp, respectively. I kind of wish we could find more info about this song, because it it was definitely like put off to the wayside, but it was still significant enough for it to be held on. The most that I could find about it was that it was recorded May of... 1980 it was on the air in july of 1980 first aired on kmet yeah but we mentioned before joe miller joe early in it yeah it kind of fell to the wayside and even the information that we were finding had some typos in it which i found pretty (laughs) funny some classic weird al wiki stuff going on there even though it's not the weird al Wiki. the typo that i had found said it was recorded circa 1980 as a demon and is a parody of Won't Get Fooled Again. And then was it Michael or was it David who found the other typo? The one that said that Joe Early played the Jew harp or the Jews harp. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oof, uh. oof. You know, it's, it's amazing that this would happen uh, from a fan base of the guy who would make word crimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, do we have anything else to uh, say about this song before we get to Dan's uh, deeper meaning? Prunes are pretty good, and I feel like they get a bad rap. I don't think I've ever had a prune. They're like giant raisins, but like more moisture and a little bit more bitter, but they're good. Yeah. Yeah. Stop the hate for for prunes. (laughs) (laughs) 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, Dan, mm-hmm. she got a deeper meaning for us. Yes. I think in his entirety of his whole life, I think Al has eaten one prune. <laughs> <laughs> you mean before writing this song or? Mm-hmm. Okay. He has eaten one prune. His entire life. Your college age Al. Adult vegan Al probably has eaten more prunes. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that someone had told him it might not have been a waitress. He may have been clogged up and he was asking for some sort of advice. And they're like, oh yeah, just eat prunes and you'll be fine. And he tried it one time and he realized how disgusting prunes are. And just never wanted anything to do with prunes ever again (laughs) (laughs) sounds logical makes sense speaking of things that are logical and make sense andrew (laughs) you got a fun fact for us today first off welcome to the fun fact i'm really glad you're here make sure you put on your mandatory hat and also earmuffs it helps the information seep in okay today's fun fact is as we all know Grapes make raisins. But did you know that prunes are actually made by taking peaches and throwing them at a wall until they turn into apples (laughs) and then taking the apples and throwing them at the wall until they turn into pineapples? It's a bit of a technique. You have to make sure that, you know, you're hitting obviously against a pine wall in order to get pineapples. But I digress. <laughs> I've and seen you... viners do that. They throw stuff at things and it turns into apples. I got you. This is just the physics of the world. Nobody's going to deny science. It's kind of like how sandpaper has different grits. You have to keep hitting different variants of wall, and eventually you will make it to prunes. Eventually. <laughs> eventually. The final prune wall, like the wall that causes prune, is a secret passed down for millennia by ancient Italian monks. Mm. all right i just realized that if the name of the song was won't get pruned again (laughs) (laughs) oh i thought that was going to be like the life of a a bush that is like not wanting anybody to like snip off its excess branches (laughs) i thought it was somebody who spent way too much time in a pool (laughs) at a pool pool a pool oh, in a in pool. pool yeah yeah okay. cuz you get pruny yeah yeah i got you now <laughs> make me explain the joke well i didn't <laughs> understand you what's a pole have to do with this 
<laughs> Everything. This is why the English language is garbage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <sighs> anyway. Well, thank you so much for that wonderful fun fact, Andrew. You're welcome. Michael, do you got an Al cameo for us? Yes, I do. Amazon Prime has an animated <laughs> show called Pete the Cat. Have you watched it? No. <laughs> Will you probably? Why do you assume that I haven't watched it? Oh, because no one watches that show. Oh, okay. Yeah, I haven't watched it. Season two, episode three. Weird Al plays Wah Wah Weasel, a world-renowned artist who inspires people to believe that art can be anything. And then he even sings a song about how art can be anything. But really, the whole episode is that he charges admission so that people will go and see his greatest art piece ever, and it's literally nothing. You walk in, there's a pedestal, and has nothing on it, and he's like, what is it? What is it? It's like, it could be anything. It's the greatest art piece ever. <laughs> and I just want to say that is the most weaselly thing <laughs> I have ever seen in a children's cartoon. What a grift. But it, they treat it so seriously. He's like, no, no, it could be anything. And the next thing you know, like he makes the kids do art and then puts the art there instead. And he's like, look, I got the kids to pay me to make art that then other people will pay me to see. It's great. <laughs> Fantastic, Al. The song is actually pretty catchy, though, I will admit. It's a, it's a pretty, good, pretty good jam. All right. Can you sing a couple lines for us? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> it could be anything, David. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and rank this song. I do enjoy this song. I think it's pretty fun. I love the original, and I love this variation of it. I don't think the lyrics are that exciting or interesting. I like that it exists, and I will definitely listen to it again. I'm going to put this song at number 81. Number 81. That puts it just above Perform This Way, just below Spy Hard. That's actually way lower than I was was Really? Well, I thought it was going to be in the hundreds at the least. But it's above the hundreds. Not in actual numeric values. <laughs> oh, I forgot. Numbers aren't real. Oh, wait. No, that's next episode. That's next episode. Ah! <laughs> You'll learn about that You'll later. About that Gosh. <laughs> so, yeah. How do you all feel about this song, though? Michael, which do you prefer? Won't get fooled again or won't eat prunes again? Uh, I'm going to have to go with the who on this one. It's too good of a song. Andrew, what do yeah. you prefer? Won't get fooled again or won't eat prunes again? I'm going to have to go with the who as well. Dan, won't he prunes again or won't get fooled again? Won't get fooled again. But I really want there to be a studio recording of won't he prunes again. I want there to be a studio recording and I want it to be eight and a half minutes long. Yes. This is one of those ones where it's not fair. Won't get fooled again is such a classic. Exactly. It's like with chicken pot pie. Like I want the full thing. Yeah. I want it all. I'm definitely going with the who as well. Well, that's going to wrap us up this week. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Dan, what have we had going on lately? So we have been working on a little podcast called How Did This Not Get Made, where we explore the movies, TV shows that didn't get fully scripted. They initially got greenlit and then eventually just kind of went to the wayside. So our podcast explores the story of what happened and we kind of give a little synopsis of what those movies would have actually been about and then we make our decision of like would this been a good movie 
bad yeah. movie? Should it have never been made? Or would it have been the most amazing Superman movie ever made? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really fascinating to like learn the stories behind these. And it's been so much fun talking about them and researching mm-hmm. them and like learning more about the inside of the way things happen. We hear all the stories about all the movies that do get made, mm-hmm. but it's not very often that you get to hear what happened with the nose. And honestly... Yeah might be even a little bit more educational to know what doesn't get made than to know yeah. what does get made. It's true. pretty interesting to, to do that. And as of now, we have two episodes out. We have our first episode, which was The Lord of the Rings starring the Beatles. And then the other one was James Cameron's Spider-Man. Yeah, with a couple of other variations of Spider-Man that are talked about in there, including mm-hmm. one in the early 80s that would have been... Really, really interesting. It would have been phenomenal. Let's just say, imagine if the guy playing Spider-Man insisted on doing all of his own stunts. (laughs) 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 Yeah, so you can go check that out at PipeDreamPodcast.com, where you can also find our other brand new podcast, Come On, Fahugwapods, more episodes of this show, and other shows like it. On that website as well, you can find links to all sorts of things like Patreon, where you can buy t-shirts, all of that jazz. We would also love to hear from you. You can reach out to us on social media. We're on Facebook, The Weird Alphabet Podcast. We're on Twitter and Instagram, at Weird Al Pod. And send us your emails, owlscarrierpigeons at gmail.com. Do we have any carrier pigeons? We do. From Clyde, who helped us out and also suggested us recovering Pretty Fly for a Rabbi. So again, thank you, Clyde, for enunciating the proper Yiddish words. But anyways, Clyde says that he has a theory on the Al Canon. He thinks that Larry's real name is Bernie. In Biggest Ball of Twine in Minnesota, he had just been kicked out of the house by his kids, Superfly and Nathaniel, but it is also (laughs) him looking back on a family road trip and feeling sad about how his family has been destroyed. So him stealing the camera, I would imagine, is... uh, Basically him trying to hold on to those memories. (laughs) He also says that uh, he is the the weirdest fan and also that his dad owns a taco restaurant and that he personally doesn't understand why we like Taco Bell. Look, we know that it's not real tacos. We can separate real tacos and Taco Bell. If I could choose between the two, I probably would choose real tacos every time. But they're two totally different things. It's like, exactly. yeah, I love watching real movies, but sometimes it's also fun to watch Space Jam. Yeah, or like there's real television <laughs> shows, and then there is reality TV. Yeah. We know yeah. it's trash, but we love sometimes watching Sometimes you want to just ingest something that's complete mm-hmm. garbage. And by the way, Space Jam is complete garbage. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Clyde. Uh, honestly, I feel like I've kind of been turned away by Taco Bell. So if I'm ever in your area, I will look for your father's taco. Oh, place. yes. Yes, no. please. We, yeah, we're in no way saying that Taco Bell is superior to real, actual, like, taco-ish. Yep. Well, thanks again, everybody, for listening. And stay tuned next week when our song shall be Word Crimes. Stop. You're under arrest. Why? For your beautiful face.